Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to the Yanks Go Yard Podcast, the only podcast that gets you Bronx bombed on a weekday afternoon. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. Last show, we asked for the Yankees to play spoiler against the Toronto Blue Jays. Just play spoiler. Hey, what do you got to lose? Be annoying. Be frisky. Trying to make something happen. Instead, the Yankees have played spoiled, losing 7-1 and 6-1 in the first two games of this series. The highlights, Michael King being dominant. That was fun. The lowlights, rest of series. Anthony Volpe now hitting under 210, not good. Giancarlo Stanton now hitting under 190, called it terrible, called it embarrassing. I would agree, it's terrible and embarrassing. And now that the season is over, over, like over, 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 I guess we're going to have to talk about Stanton. So we made him the focus of this episode, what they can actually do with him, what the recourse is, because the amount of trade Stanton comments we get and, and the amount of trade Stanton comments that we just sort of nod at being like, Wish we could, buddy. Wish we could is all of them. But unfortunately, that's not really reality. So do the Yankees have to act here or will it take care of itself? Plus, did Aaron Boone hinted what he's hoping the team does this offseason while praising the Blue Jays to talking Yanks? Michael King, of course, interesting now. So what's your rotation for next year? And Jason Dominguez officially has his surgery and becomes the bionic man. We need him back. We need him back so, so soon. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. If you want to, we're more than happy to answer it. We're live every Monday and Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern time right here on YouTube and on all podcast platforms. Afterwards, if you prefer the audio version, and some of you do, Thomas Carinante, welcome to the show. And you've got a fresh promo for the viewers and listeners today. Yeah, baby. Attention, Yankees fans. Caesar Sportsbook is running a new sign-up offer that you won't want to miss. NFL season's here. It's fun. College football season is here. Also pretty fun. Even though last week was a complete garbage slate of games. Um, We have the MLB playoffs coming up. It's going to be a great time. If you're a new customer on Caesars, you can get your first bet insured up to $1,000 by using our code YGY1000 when signing up. Not only will that first bet be covered, but you will directly be supporting the podcast. That's our favorite part of it. 
we love you guys here. We like that we can keep doing this and have a great time. So please sign up if you haven't. Uh, head on over to Caesars, use that code YGY1000 and place that first bet. Again, YGY1000, first bet insured up to $1,000. This offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly and check the episode description for full terms of the offer. Um, Yankees not playing spoiler. Very upsetting. Aaron Boot ejection. Fun. I liked it. It was very nice. Hot Mike got him again. It's great. Um but you wrote about the Boone ejection. Did you just like copy paste an article from June or did you actually like write original content? Did you get <laughs> plagiarism checkered on that? Because every series, right when we're like, hey, we might as well cover the game, even though they're playing out the string, like Aaron Boone gets himself ejected, yells, hey, you're fucking horse shit at an umpire. <laughs> and then we write it and, and everybody clicks it and everybody reads it. But that really does feel, it, what is it? It feels like season seven of Family Matters at this point. Where you're like, oh, now he's doing, did I do that? But like to an alien? Oh, okay. Or where'd that alien come from? That's how I feel when I watch Aaron Boone get ejected. Like, your strike zone is a carrot. It's a little carrot. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I know. You're 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 in his face. Okay, great. Can we can we move along now? It's really good stuff. Um, it's the one thing I think all Yankees fans get behind with Aaron Boone, whether you like him or not. Uh, there's been a lot of frustration with him. Um it's funny though, because that ejection just like, and his overall demeanor in the dugout, like he is just, he's just disillusioned at this point, not in a way where he's like not engaged with the team. He's just like, it seems like he's sitting there and he's like, I can't believe this shit is happening. I can't believe like, this is my life. Yeah. I, I well, what is going on? Like, I still think, I think he's very engaged. He's, it's actually some of the better media sessions I've seen from him being very candid um, talking about um, uh, the the you know the future uh, outlook of the prospects, um, just giving more honest assessments. I feel like you mentioned about talking Yanks, which we'll get to in a little while. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if he feels like this is nearing the end, or he feels like he's on the hot seat, or he's just not really giving a shit anymore, which goes in hand with his many ejections over the years, but. You know, if this is an ode to Aaron Boone and this is the last ejection we see because we don't know what's going to happen in the offseason, then I salute that because that was a good one. Well, it's very funny. Like, how quickly did we go from, what was it, the end of August when they were in the middle of the nine-game losing streak? We were doing, like, fate accompli podcast. Like, well, obviously Aaron Boone's getting fired, but, like, who are the replacements? And then about a week and a half later, they call up the kids, they, the Pereira-Peraza wave first. And they definitely very quickly move further away from the inevitable firing type of conversation and into the like, it almost feels like Boone's in the Cashman pile of like, of course he's coming back and everyone's going to laugh at it and everyone's going to spend the whole offseason saying, like even Bill Simmons the other day was tweeting like, the Boone Cashman era needs to last another year. Like, I don't think they've hit their peak yet or whatever. Everybody will have their laughs all offseason. And then it's on Cashman and on Boone and on the audit committee and the newly revamped analytics team to make sure that those jokes are not funny and don't make sense. Cause they, I mean, 2019, they pieced together a hundred win team out of absolute dust and band-aids and trash and garbage. And that team should have won the world series and they didn't, but if they do win the world series, then everybody's sort of saying, man, Boone and Cashman have lost a step maybe, but we know there's championship fiber in their bones since they don't win that world series. It's the biggest joke. Because we live in the here and now. And yeah, 2020, 21, 22, and 23.
have been huge jokes across the board. Every move a misfire. Maybe Boone has not grown enough in the in-game management for your tastes, and that's fine. I get it. Again, I'm not a Boone defender, and if something is rotten, then it's probably time for a change. And that doesn't even mean he's a bad manager or a bad friend. It just means he probably has to move along. But does kind of feel like we're not too far removed from this pairing being extremely successful in 17, 18, and 19, running into the buzzsaw Red Sox, and being an AL East and AL competitor. So they're going to get one more chance. I don't know if they should. Gun to my head, end of the season, I think it's time to move on from Aaron Boone. But they could make it look not so hilarious next year. They could. They probably won't because the roster is busted and all the rookies they call up are somehow worse than the people that preceded them. But it feels to me right now like they're going to have one more shot at it. Though, you're right, Boone has been way more relaxed on Talking Yanks. And every time you see him, and he actually had me laughing in, in the appearance this week when he was talking about the audit, when they were like, are you able to direct the audit? And he was basically like, like, no, I think they're going to audit me. Like, I think they're going to look at me and maybe, like, give me a little audit or whatever. Like, he was very funny with those dudes. Uh, and it was it's either the relaxed, uh, you know, gregariousness of someone who knows he's not in trouble and he's going to get one more chance, or the resigned fatalism of someone who's like, yeah, if even one person dug deeper into what I've been doing, they're obviously going to fire me. So if an efficiency firm is coming in, then I'm toast. So I might as well be, like, kind of a cool guy on the way out. I, I don't know. But he did. He delivered a message to Brian Cashman this week. He he did, and ironically, his team proceeded to get pasted by the Toronto Blue Jays in the first two games of this series. Toronto not even really having a good season, not even really peaking, not where they should be. They've somehow become the second wild card recently because the Rangers and Mariners are both slumped, and they're about to punch each other in the head this week and next week. They play each other seven more times, so Toronto is more than likely going to get that five seed. Um, but it took a long time to get there. And there were a lot of offensive deficiencies for the Jays and a lot not to like. And still Boone went out of his way to praise them because of the one thing they did do this offseason. Yeah. Uh, and we kind of made fun of those moves. Mm, and they man. still weren't very good. Like yeah. look at Dalton Varsho. Nobody's taking a victory lap on that. He's been good. Not fantastic. He's been great in the outfield, but not game breaking. He's been very, very good not best defender in MLB, and he has been awful at the plate. 650 OPS, so still bad. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, um, while Teoscar Hernandez and uh, Lords Gorilla Jr. are doing better. but All-star. I mean, All-star. Yeah. yeah. Either way, I think there is something to be said about improved defense and balancing the lineup with lefties, whether those lefties are producing or not. Um Call me crazy, but uh, if you're bringing more of a variation of batters to the plate, messes with the pitcher's approach a little bit, probably opens the door for maybe the right-handed hitters to get better looks. I don't know. There's always a strategy to these things. Obviously, it's semi-working for the Blue Jays. They're probably going to finish the year with 90 wins, which is a good season. 
Uh, yeah. They'll be in the playoffs. Um, and yeah, like you said, Aaron Boone mentioned that he liked going out there and getting the lefties and improving the defense. And you look at the Yankees and they have a stadium tailor made for lefties. I, I'm sick of saying that and hearing it, but it's the reality. Yes. And they're playing guys out of position everywhere. Oswald Peraza playing third base. I know he has he said great plays there, but never played there. Can't hit. Can't hit. Isaiah Connor Falefa, center fielder now. Never played outfield before. Can't hit. Um, can't hit. Uh, DJ LeMayu at first base. Um, now I get two years ago why people were freaking out about DJ LeMayu playing first base because that's been a tough watch over the last week, and I don't want that. Um, so – uh, the fact that, you know, they Boone was talking about playing Austin Wells at first, and it was just like, why? He's a catcher, and he's only played catcher in the minors. Why are we going to move him to first base? We his were team, thinking about that two years ago when they said his yeah. defense wouldn't play in the majors, but he never did it. So yeah, he still never played. So it's just like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Um, so yeah, like, Boone saying that was obviously not a direct call out of the Yankees, but he's looking at what the Blue Jays are doing, and he saw that he made that they made the requisite changes to maybe improve. Um, I don't know. Are the Blue Jays better year over year? I'm not sure. I think the postseason will determine that. Um, I know they went down in embarrassing fashion last year to the Mariners. Um, maybe the better defense helps them this time around. Maybe the lineup balance helps them this time around. We'll see. And don't get it twisted. They, they had the worst playoffs of anybody last year. So it's worth it. We're in New York screaming and crying and throwing up about the Yankees getting swept in the ALCS. And rightfully so, because it was embarrassing. And it was the Astros. And ask any Yankee fan about pain, and you're going to hear, uh, yeah, we've been in the playoffs every year from 17 to 22 when we were supposed to be the best team in baseball. Uh, developing at the beginning of that window. And we went out sad to the Astros, Red Sox, Astros, Rays, Red Sox, Astros. So yeah, no wonder why we're sad. It's our rivals doing it to us every year. The, but we made we won a playoff series. We made it to the ALCS last year. The Blue Jays went in heavily favored with a home series and a Cy Young finalist in Alec Manoa and got outdueled in the opener by the Mariners and Luis Castillo and then blew a 7-0 lead in the second game of that series to get swept. Uh, three of the most crucial runs scoring on a George Springer diving into the infielder and crashing into bodies with the bases loaded on a pop-up play. So maybe the Kiermaier and Varsho acquisitions are meant to directly erase the fact that their season ended last year because their center fielder and infielder couldn't communicate. Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens in October because it does look like they will get there after many months of it looking like they were probably going to flame out and, and somehow slot in behind the Rangers, Mariners, and Rays in the, in the four, five, six spots. It looks like they're going to get in and somebody from the AL West is not. But uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't get, you don't even have to connect the dots to get between Boone saying, yeah, they went and got more lefties and doubled down on defense. Pretty good off season uh, filtering right up to Cashman. So it's, it's, you don't even have to do a lot of detective work to get there. It's like, Oh, he said the thing that we don't have. Cool. That was probably, yeah. that, was, that probably referred to the Yankees. <laughs> and I, you know, th there is a valid argument here. Like, did you think Aaron Boone managed poorly in 2018 and 2019? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Um, Look, I felt outclassed by Alex Cora in the playoffs yeah. that year, but that team was relentless, insane. But they lost fucking six. You lose 16 to three in any series. Like, that's not the like. What are you gonna do? And they, they, they were doing, you know, that's a suspended cheating manager 
Yeah. One one year removed from a suspended cheating scheme in Houston. And then uh, they they go, hey, you're misusing the video booth in Boston again. And they go, oh, it must be an accident. We should fire the video coordinator. Like, again, uh, you take all that with a grain of salt. Because that fall, I definitely was like, cool. Every single year, the Yankees are going to be the second best team in the AL. And every single year, they're going to face Alex Cora and J.D. Martinez. And they're going to get manhandled. Great. What a great fate for my next five years. And then that didn't happen because the Red Sox fell apart or got caught. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, look, like there, there are undoubtedly things that Boone does to frustrate you, but you can also pick out any fan. You can pick out any manager and pull any fan base and they will give you three tendencies of this manager, of X manager that they wish didn't exist. Red Sox fans hate Cora. Yeah, they hate Cora now. It's 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 the uh, – it's the uh, classic process of time, how this works. Um, you start getting to know a certain manager. You don't like how they go about certain approaches. And then you become disillusioned by their existence. Um, Boone, I think most of our frustration has been really, it's the bullpen, but every manager is the bullpen. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of going to rule that out because I don't know what manager would ever make me happy with the bullpen. Girardi frustrated you and, and everybody. The binder. Yeah, Joe Torrey blowing Scott Proctor's life out. Um, so, like, th- there were th- there were incidents, you know, over over the course of time with managers and their bad bullpen management. What I what my biggest gripes with Boone are, um, the the lack of discipline on play. Like John Carl, we'll, we'll talk about John Carlson in a minute. The guy's still batting cleanup. It cannot happen anymore. He shouldn't even be facing righties anymore. Yeah. And that goes with everybody. When Anthony Rizzo was the worst hitter in baseball, he didn't move out of the two through four hole. Um, Anthony Rizzo put in French like accents in his ABCs. Like Anthony <laughs> Rizzo drawing hieroglyphics when they asked him to do the alphabet. And they were like, you should back clean up today. <laughs> the, 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 the whole confidence things with the starters when he removes people too early or – wants them to get an extra inning of, or a couple outs of work when, when the work is not there, when they're clearly done, it's like, there is no, there's, there's sometimes no balance with that. And then obviously there's the media. And uh, like I said, I think he's improved over the, over the last month with that, but he's been here for a while. He knows the pulse of New York. He knows the consequences of saying something stupid or looking stupid. Um, and to me, there's just been far too many non-answers. And I don't know, again, if that's a symptom of, the, the poor communication in the organization top down. Um, again, if he's saying something about the Blue Jays and we think it's potentially sending a hint to the Yankees front office, is that his way of communicating with the Yankees front office? Like, is that how fucked up all of this is? Probably not, but you do have to realize there's a lot of personnel decisions this front office makes that it, terribly shitty communication. You can go to the Harrison Bader waiver move. You can go back to the Jordan Montgomery trade. You can go back to the... Uh, um, the uh, what's the other one? Fucking third one I just had. Either way, this is this is what they do. They, they, they Everything they've ever done. Luis Severino showing, yeah, him, a picture, Severino showing him a picture of a calendar like yeah. that didn't go over great. Yeah, it's just like it. it, it th- there's something wrong. We don't know what it is. We don't know who exactly it's affecting. We don't know what the chain reaction is. But there's clear inconsistent behavior, and some of it comes from Boone. And I think those are the biggest problems with him. But at the end of the day, like. I don't know. I don't know who is elevating this team that is not properly built. Bruce Bochy, one of the best managers of all time. 
The Rangers have had a couple of injuries. Fairly unfortunate. They are collapsing. Monster bullpen collapse. Five point something ERA and like 12 blown saves in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Look at Seattle. Seattle was the hottest team in August. They had great playoff positioning. Shit the bed over the last couple of weeks. Boston. Alex Cora is everyone's fucking favorite manager. They were right there, and then they pissed it all away. Ten so, games over 500 at the end of July, because, yes, I do follow them every single day in, in abject pain. Ten games over at the end of July, after they swept the Yankees in entering September, they were like three out with six to play against Houston the next couple of days. They could have mm-hmm. been in They could have been in the playoff field entering September and said they got swept at home. And he did the Kyle Barraclaw game where he was like, they were up 4-3 in the middle innings of a game. And he said he did like a, a sit-in protest being like, I don't have enough pitching, so I'm going to put this shithead Kyle Barraclaw in for the next four innings no matter what the score is. Oh, wait, now we're losing 15-4? Okay, great. Well, message received. And then it worked, and he won the power struggle, and they fired Haim Bloom. But, like, imagine if Aaron Boone did that. Matt, what people hate about Aaron Boone is bullpen decision slash indecision slash getting too cute plus the idea that the Yankees like surrender games like oh a punt day lineup oh like a punt reliever which definitely comes it's annoying it's definitely annoying yes. but it comes from above Boone so the idea that Aaron Boone is the singular force behind like punt day lineups is crazy also maybe the roster shouldn't have a lineup full of guys shitty enough to punt like yep. the bench should also be good so when you have to give your starters rest, you could maybe win because maybe the bench isn't like horrible in that case. I'm just thinking out loud. Um, <laughs> but a- Alex Cora literally punted a game that they were <laughs> – the Yankees are up 4-3 in the sixth inning at home against the Astros. And Boone goes to Nick Ramirez, and he gives up a grand slam to Kyle Tucker, and there's no one warming up in the bullpen. You would be losing your minds. And that's what's happening in Bo- – that happened in Boston as like a silent protest. So – it's not to say you shouldn't be mad if Aaron Boone does that. It's just to say that a lot of managers do that. Even Cora, who's like going to get promoted to GM maybe. So it's a symptom of a larger disease. That said, all of that said, 20 minutes of talking, I still think they should get rid of Aaron Boone at the end of the season. But <laughs> grass isn't always greener. I thought Bob Melvin would be the perfect Yankees manager. He's shitting the bed in San Diego. He's going to get fired. He might go. He He's might get, get fired. fired tomorrow. That would be interesting. I'd be and uh, if you read read that read that long um, piece on the Athletic from Ken Rosenthal and Dennis Lynn about the Padres and you can't blame Bob Melvin for what's happened. You look at kind of the the lack of depth. There's a lot of miss. It's it's a very Yankees esque situation. There's miscommunication. There's miscommunications coming from the dugout, coming from the front office. There's weird practices by the front office. There's front, there's, you know, front office trying to meddle in like on field decision-making, which is what I feel the Yankees do as well. So it's very, the New Zealand guy. Yeah. The New Zealand guy, his last name is tricker or something. Yeah. There's a mysterious New Zealand man who's sitting in the corner of all Padres meetings, taking notes. We don't have that. I don't think unless David Wells is doing it. We haven't been told yet, but I don't (laughs) think the Yankees have that. David Wells, what if we remove the Nike patch and, and killed wokeness once in a while? Carlos Rodon just drank Bud Light. Very <laughs> concerning. <laughs> oh, so yeah, I mean, if the Yankees get the Yankees could theoretically get lucky, but yeah, I don't I don't know what the answer is. Nobody does. We're fully lost at this point. It's going to be a fun off season, though. 
Um, yeah. And speaking of the offseason, you guys all seem to think we can get rid of Giancarlo Stanton. And guess what? The time has passed, just like the time has passed to get rid of Luis Severino, which should have happened in the offseason. Um, just like the time has passed to trade Harrison Bader, which the opportunity is at the trade deadline. And then you decided to just get rid of him for nothing. Um, the time has passed to do, I mean, think of every move that Brian Cashman has made where the time has passed. We could write probably it's, it's, it's the length of an encyclopedia. Um, and, uh, at this point, the Stanton trade has been talked about for a while. I looked back two years ago and wrote a piece on the site that said the Stanton trade should cost Brian Cashman his job. And then he had that start to 2022, and I was like, "Wow, I'm the biggest asshole of all time." Well, and then he, he ended 2021 when he like single handedly won all those games at Fenway, and was yeah. like, and would have won the wild card game if it had been played at Yankee Stadium, and was like the hottest hitter on the planet. Uh, I also got into some Stanton versus Justin Turner debate this offseason. I was like, "Are you kidding me? One of them's gonna hit 35 home runs this year." And then now, I, I mean, it's not even close. Yeah, it's like th- there was a time where the Yankees could have traded Stanton and eaten money and that that time no longer exists. So it's either you DFA Giancarlo Stanton. And I don't know if the Yankees are going to be able to stomach that because now you're going to be witnessing Josh Donaldson and Aaron Hicks in the fucking playoffs this year, mm-hmm. which is unfathomable. Um, yep. And if you DFA Stanton, that means there's what 80 something million down the tubes I believe um, it's 88. It's tough because uh, the Marlins, that's not his full salary. Marlins, the Marlins, are, Marlins are still still paying stuff, but it looks like 22 mil per year on the Yankees luxury tax for the next four seasons. So I'm not mm-hmm. exactly positive, like not 100% sure what they eat if they DFA him, but I believe it's 22 million per year. Yeah. And I, somebody on Facebook today, why am I on Facebook? Who cares? But somebody was 40? like, I am. I just turned forty, and and somebody was like, uh, "Donaldson is is better than Stanton because he's cheaper." And I was like, "Actually, he's not. He was more expensive, which is crazy." But end of the day, John Carlos Stanton, Donaldson, Hicks, all three are distressed assets, but only one had four years attached to him. So yeah, no one will be trading for John Carlos Stanton after this season. Somebody may throw a stick at him if the Yankees DFA him and eat $88 million, uh, you know, he hit 20, he's got 24 home runs this year. He will yeah. probably get to 500 someday. He's a 402, but it's going to take a lot longer than it should have to get there. And, and I don't, I just, I just, I, I don't think his future is in pinstripes forever. I don't think he plays out the rest of that contract, no shot. but there is a 110% chance he's on the opening day roster next year. Yes. Uh, I think in a perfect world, there is a GM out there who is who has the same brain as us and says, you know what? Giancarlo Stanton has Yankees disease. Yeah, let's cure him and bring him in and he will be better here because that's just usually how it goes. Like he still has the fastest bat speed in Major League Baseball mm. by three miles an hour, according to a Baseball America study that came out a couple of weeks ago. Which is crazy, which is crazy. Uh, That said, uh, Twitter was buzzing. There's documented evidence he was at 81 miles an hour two years ago. Now he's at 77, so he's losing steam rapidly. And if you want to be depressed, the number two fastest bat speed in Major League Baseball is also on the New York Yankees, and his name 
is at nope it's franchi cordero so you can you can have ridiculous bat speed but if your swing is otherwise flawed or if you're you know still unable to cover the breaking ball low and away it just means that you're a guess hitter who when you guess right you probably hit a home run which is why stanton is two for his last 39 with two homers and 17 strikeouts it's abysmal but when he hits the ball, it still goes quite far, and he hits it quite hard. But there's now, you know, the, the speed is receding, and he's getting much closer to being a Franchi Cordero type, who when he hits the ball, you go, my God, that went 490 feet. But he only hits the ball a couple of times a week. And yeah. he's, he's been that since he came back from the All-Star Game injury last summer. So it's been a while now. So it's not – the people who said in 2018 that Stanton was useless, you were wrong – but if you're saying it now, yeah, now you're on the right side of history. Good job. Uh, yeah, the running is um, is objectively crazy. Those two double play, that one double play against the Blue Jays on Tuesday night where Bo Bichette was going to his right, had to make an off-balance throw, underhand submarine sidearm to second base, not fast, and then – the second base with Merrifield that that shuck it over to first as hard as he could and still got Stanton by a step. It's just like, what? You had the incident earlier this year when he was walking from second base to home plate on a single to right center field. Um, I don't know how it's gotten to this point. I once again will defer all blame to the Yankees. Um, you had his medicals. You knew his injury history. You knew his size had some sort of an, a potential impediment on his future development. Um, you willingly removed him from the defensive side of the ball the moment he arrived in the American League. He doesn't play defense. He can't run. He cannot hit for contact. He strikes out a ton. He doesn't walk. It's sad. It's another sad situation because he's one of the more remorseful Yankees in understanding of the frustration from the fan base and everything in between that's transpired that's made this team worse and worse and worse over the last five years. Um, yeah. And with that said, like, I don't know, a GM operating solely off of vibes would say, you know what, Yankees send us 40 million. We'll take them on. Here's a prospect. Enjoy. Um, so I, I don't think that's happening. I think just the reality here is that we're stuck with him. He'll be an eventual platoon or he's DFA'd or whatever, but this is life and it's unfortunate. And, um, just stop thinking we're going to get something for him. Stop thinking there's a trade possibility unless the Yankees, again, are willing to throw in a top prospect, a young major leaguer, which they're not going to be willing to do. because Which they I am not willing to do. I don't need yeah. to do that. Yeah, they don't. They don't do that. They're not going to be willing to do that. I don't care to do that. Um, I think there is a world in which Stanton is useful as a platoon player. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, you're the Yankees. You can probably afford a $20 million platoon platoon player for a fuck up you made six years ago sure yeah. i think that's fair um and you know what the other element of this too much ink is being spilled on what can the yankees possibly do with john carlson and oh, i get this bum out of here etc uh he's had very recent seasons where he's played like 18 games right like the what's the most famous john carlos stanton thing he's injury prone yeah you watched him run lately he, he can't. He doesn't do it. He doesn't run from second to home. He doesn't run on double plays. There is something bothering him in the lower half. He's playing through it, 
because he is humble and he is trying to figure this out and he can still go yard. So he wants to add some home runs to that career total. I'm sure the Yankee season is over. They should shut him down to save him further embarrassment, but also because he's going through something. He hurt himself running, accelerating in a second on a double in April, came back and now refuses to run full speed because he can't. So shut him down. He's played 97 games this year. That feels like, I hate to say it, the highest total he's going to play for the next four years of his contract. He's going to pass 100 this year. He's going to get to like 103 or whatever. Like, do we have to really pretend that this is a 160-game problem? That this is, you know, Anthony Rizzo coming to the plate every day and and going 0 for 4? Like, Stanton usually finds his way to the I.L., and yep. usually it's devastating, but now it's probably a little bit less devastating than that. Also, against lefty pitching this year, mm. he's been legitimately good. Okay. So against righties in 326 plate appearances, he's hitting 170 with a 634, 634 OPS. 17 bombs, almost by accident. Against lefties, only 73 plate appearances because there aren't many lefties. The Yankees wish they faced more lefties. Seven bombs and 67 ABs, six walks, only 12 strikeouts, hitting 269, 956 OPS, slugging 627. So does that hold up over the larger sample size? I don't know, but I would certainly rather play him against lefties and watch him be a Rob Ref Snyder with 40 home run power rather than send him out there against hard-throwing righties with high velocity who he can't handle anymore. Yeah, I think it, if if that's the usage for him and they can figure it out and they can maximize him in any way and they can also prevent him from being on the IL for what what's the average at this point he's been on the IL? It's got to be 2 months a year, right? Like at least counting that's the, yeah, that's counting, the counting 2019 where again he was down like the entire year. Yeah, he played 19 reasons. games that year. Yeah. He played he played what 15 games in 2020 came back for the ALDS. This year's funny. He's uh he's played 49 home games and 48 road games, 12 homers, 29 RBI in both. 187 at home, 189 on the road, 688 OPS at home, 700 OPS on the road. Not taking advantage of Yankee Stadium at all, but also the an identical player no matter where you play him because everybody throws hard these days and he's mm-hmm. now struggling to catch up to velocity. And uh, he, he has become very repetitive. And he was upset yesterday, and he was like, if you think I'm not trying to fix something, you're crazy. Of course he is, but he's he struggles. He is now starting every at-bat behind the eight ball instead of starting every at-bat in control. So mm-hmm. he's not able to go the other way. He's no. not able to step up and be like, I'm going to line an outside fastball to right field. He's just sort of like, please, <laughs> please give me something please. I can hit. So <laughs> that, that's where we're at. No, the game, the game, it's tough to game plan for a situation where you're just constantly trying to dig yourself out of a hole. And that's what it looks like he's doing these days. Yeah. I mean, folks, don't, don't think that we're here like surrendering or giving up. This is, this is just simply the reality and uh, it's what we have to deal with. So that's, that's, we just don't want you tricking yourselves into thinking something's going to happen. That's not. So no. expect Stanton Stanton will be here. He'll either be bad, he will be properly utilized in a platoon, or he'll be injured, and that will be life for 2024. And maybe there's a different conversation after then. Maybe he's hot for a little bit in 2024, and they could trade him at the deadline. I don't know, but that's it. Let's talk about something interesting. Michael King. Interesting guy. Michael King. 
great outing last night, spoiled by a shit offense. Um, Yankees played spoiler for Michael King yesterday. Yes. Michael King, 13 career high, 13 strikeouts against the Blue Jays. Incredibly impressive. Um, Yeah, I wrote about this this morning. I don't know how I feel about it. I like him being good in the rotation. I don't like a few things about this. What don't I like? I don't like that they tried this already with him as a starter and he was awful. So why did that happen? Why did that happen? (laughs) It happened so badly too. He was 0-5. He had an eight-something ERA and 10 starts. He couldn't pitch the first inning. Um, He was giving up a ton of hard contact, home runs, you name it. Then he goes to the bullpen. Okay, great. So you screwed up developing him as a starter. You've now resigned yourself to putting him in the bullpen. Ends up, he probably has one full body of work across an entire 162-game season that shows that he's in an elite upper echelon reliever. Great. So the Yankees have now created a very nice asset. They have either a potential closer or they have a guy who can go multi-innings in high-leverage situations or they have a definitive fireman a la Andrew Miller if that's how they want to deploy him. Great. Okay, cool. I can live with that. Then this year starts falling apart a little bit in um, in June and July in very big games. He, You look at the stats, he single-handedly blew six games for the Yankees in a five-week span, which I'm not, sa- I'm not saying he can never blow any games, but that's the difference right now um, on top of many other factors. You have Michael King blowing six games, bummer. You have the offense that is disgraceful, bummer. You have injuries that are awful, bummer. You have a terrible roster construction bummer so there's many things that that contribute to what's going on but was very uncharacteristic to see michael king blow six games and two of them against the red sox in agonizing fashion and now here's where i kind of get mad because you have a bullpen asset floundering a little bit don't know what's happening could be the after effects of that tough elbow injury i don't know how he's pitching after that elbow injury i would be Completely mind fucked and not every pitch he throws makes me go because yeah. he's snapping balls off too. Like he's got a really snappy fastball mm-hmm. that moves yep. horizontally and a breaker. They're both scary. And he threw a hundred plus pitches yesterday. Yeah. Like he's God a brave speed. man. Godspeed, but yeah. truly. So now I feel like the Yankees have put themselves in a position where they fucked up with the rotation because they traded for Frankie Motas, bust. They kept Luis Severino, wrong decision. You blew it! Nestor Cortez is injured. Carlos Rodon injured. I still, I'm still high on Carlos Rodon. Some other people are not. I think he'll be fine if he can get through the offseason healthy and, and get into opening day 2024 healthy. Domingo Herman a terrible asset to hold on to. They had done it for four years and five years and it's come back to bite them. So now they need starters. And what don't the Yankees want to do? They probably don't want to spend money. So they've stuck with Clark Schmidt this long. I think it's worked out solidly for Clark Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Not going to be anything great. He's going to be a good rotation lengthener who can give you a quality start every three, four outings, which I think is good and fine. Yeah. Um, if that, and then in another cost-effective move, I know Michael King wants to be a starter, but like who, what team takes a certified asset in the bullpen, moves into the rotation without 
having money in your head involved here. Starting pitching is the most it's ever cost in the history of the sport. The Yankees need three of them for next year because you're losing three guys and Cortez is injured. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you can project his 2024 at this point based on how troubling this year was with the injury, the progression of it, and how he eventually went down. Yeah. So you need three starters. So now you just said, okay, we're making, we're turning one asset we're turning one good asset into something different. We're going to see it's, if it works. And now it's working. How is it working this well? Again, because you fucked up so badly doing this the first time. And you're just being cheap mm. and are going to have to look for more bullpen arms because, look, the bullpen's not great. I do know you have returning guys, um, Scott Afros, Lou Trevino. Um, isn't there one more, too? Someone's out there. Oof. Someone's floating out there. We we have three uh, relievers coming back. Nice if he doesn't get DFA'd, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it feels just a little snaky to me. And I hope Michael. I hope this is what Michael King wants to do, and it is what he's going to do, and he's successful in it. But it just seems like another Yankees roster maneuver for them to save money, and then they're confident in the fact that they can, you know, print a bullpen arm out of thin air. But he was a legitimate asset in the bullpen. I know that. Um, I did lobby for him to be traded at the deadline because like, I don't think he had that much of a proven track record under his belt. Um, But he definitely had a much more proven track record under his belt as a reliever than he did a starter. So I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't know. It's weird to me. Well, it's funny. We torched the Red Sox for doing this with Garrett Whitlock to save money, right? Like, Ooh, let's extend him at like $3 million a year. And then now we have a starter who's cheap, but Oh, he sucks. And now, now our bullpen's worse. So I guess we have to pay Chris Martin and Kenley Jansen. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely odd. It's definitely odd. But the, the one difference I would say is that here, King has made it very clear, almost to the point of seeming agitated with the team that he'd rather be a starter, which is why I go, okay, you know, it scares me with the elbow stuff and, and every pitch looks like a horror show. But if you feel like you'd rather be doing this, then you only have yourself to blame. I did just get flashbacks yesterday of, look, he was brilliant. And the strike zone was big and it didn't matter because he was brilliant. He was matching wits with Kevin Gossman and he mm-hmm. got through seven innings. So like it was one thing when we were like, yeah, he's been great as a starter. He's been going four and two thirds, you know, one run, three hits, six Ks. Like that's great. Seven inning start is a different animal. Yeah. And he was able to do it and strike out all hundred Kirk on a nasty breaking ball on like his 105th pitch or whatever. This reminded me, except for the fact that they lost of Chad Green doing this in 2016 down the stretch. The last time the Yankees were this bad also against a contending Blue Jays team. I think he went six innings, 12 K's and they won that game. But then the Yankees watched that and went, we're going to move him to the bullpen and turn him into a multi-inning relief ace, which is what King already was. So it's almost like they did a, they did a reverse. They did a switch and, and you know, like the Yankees have already seen somebody do this late in the season once and gotten inspired to reduce their workload and turn them into a bullpen weapon. Now they're they're It seems like they're going with King's preference and putting him in the rotation. And that's great. Michael King, the starter makes more sense so far than Johnny Brito, the starter yes. than Randy Vasquez, the starter and on par with Clark Schmidt, who's got like a five ERA in his last seven or eight starts. I would rather see Brito and Vasquez are going to be depth next year. They will. There's no way they start in the rotation except unless injuries happen, but you can't let that happen because you have to have enough depth to make that not happen. 
I think they're both good bullpen pieces. I think if they both emerge as strong middle inning relief weapons, and so does Will Warren, who seems to have a very similar mentality and similar sweeper to King, then they can get away with it. But I'm the one thing I can't buy is the King and Schmidt allow them to relax in the rotation. Now they can just go get offense. No, no, no. They got to get offense and they got to get pitching because the team's not good. So your rotation, <laughs> your projected rotation coming out of spring training shouldn't even have Nestor Cortez in it, to be honest. Because he, he could make his way there, but what's his innings limit going to be next year? Yeah. 110? Like, he could turn back into a swingman. He could be their sixth starter. He could lengthen the rotation. But you need to get yourself a depth chart that doesn't include him. So I don't want to trade Schmidt or King as a sell high unless you're getting a sure thing. Not for Dylan Carlson. See what you can get, but for me, the rotation has to include <clears throat> Cole, Rodon, Schmidt, King, Yamamoto, Nestor. One through six. Brito, Vasquez, Will Warren, 789, Chase Hampton, 10. Like, and maybe another guy, maybe Waka. Like, you can't really stop because the teams that think they have too much pitching are wrong. And the teams that really do have too much pitching keep getting pitching, like the yeah. Padres. So you can't stop. And the Yamamoto pursuit, we'll talk about a ton this offseason, seems deadly serious. The Japanese scouts are saying the Yankees are serious. Cashman sent all his lieutenants there, and he went himself, and he sent Tim Nairing. That's great. <clears throat> Do it. Do it. I don't like the people who are like, they need offense. Don't do it. No, nope. do it. But do both. Yeah, please do both um, because it never – it truly never ends. Um, you look at – a team, even a team like the Dodgers, who were like, we got a lot of young guys. Like, this is going to work out. Like, not only did a, a few of those young guys get injured, but a few of them also didn't pan out. So you have – there's always the reality of injuries, and there's always the reality of regression, and then there's always the reality of a young talent just not being as good as you thought they were going to be. Too many variables. Far too many variables, and pitching is the number one need – as the Yankees have proven this year, you can get by without having guys who play a certain position because you could just plop another guy in that position and see how it goes. Cannot get by without a pitcher or a position player pitching. It's just not going to work. You're going to need a lot of experienced arms, a lot of arms that are ready for high leverage postseason outings, which is going to, I mean, hopefully that's the case for next year. Um, but you're looking at a lot of teams this year that are going into the postseason a little bit hobbled on the pitching front. Like, I'm not an Orioles hater. I just don't know how they're going to get past the first round. They have no pitching. And all it takes is a couple of bad games for you to get, you know, to, you know for your backs to be against the wall. Diamondbacks, same thing. Like, you got Zach Gallen, you got Merrill Kelly, and then you don't have anything else. No. The Brewers <laughs> have great pitching. That's that's a team that I would be worried about to face in in the postseason. Um, for the L, like the Rangers are kind of in trouble. The bullpen has completely torpedoed. They had injuries across the uh, the starting rotation. That's that's really hurt them. Um, there was one more team. Oh, like the Phillies did the or the Cubs. I'm sorry, the Cubs are right there in a playoff spot, but they have Justin Steele, who's 45 innings over his limit for his career and has never seen a postseason game. Um, and then they have two very hittable pitchers in Marcus Stroman and Kyle Hendricks. I understand Kyle Hendricks is very experienced, but um, I think he's on the 
very much, you know, hold 16 of his career at this point. Um, Dodgers are probably insanely enough. They are the least, they, they are the least well-positioned team to get through the playoffs because of their lack of pitching and they had prepared to have pitching. So can never have enough. Yankees need to project Nestor. I think you're right as a sixth um, or maybe just like pretend he's not there and just make moves as if you wanted to be better and then yeah. deal with it later. That's Trust it. me. He's, he's going to show up. He'll be making starts if he's healthy. Trust sure. me. Like look at the people who made starts this year. It's that, it's that easy. How, how often do you get through the season with five starters? How often do you get through the season with six starters? Asher Wojciechowski has made starts for the Yankees the last couple of years. Like it's going to happen. It's going to get weird. Um, shout out before we go to Jason Dominguez, who had his surgery yesterday, internal bracing, uh, making jokes the whole time, taking pictures with Steve Donahue saying I'm officially bionic now. Wow. Uh, this guy rules. Obviously the vibes of a, I just had surgery Instagram posts are never going to be fantastic, but star quality radiates from the shit this dude does. I actually weirdly saw those pictures and was just like even more encouraged that he's going to be great when he comes back. Um, and part of that, I think, was just seeing that he did have the surgery. They decided not to mess around and they didn't do like, you know, obviously they didn't do like we're going to rest and rehab, but they didn't even do like, let's do the internal brace. And then maybe he can come back by April. Like, nope, Tommy John surgery, get it done. He's 20 years old. He's got an entire career ahead of him. Uh, Trevor Story came back from the internal brace procedure and has been terrible. So it's not like that's some great life hack. Like, get the, hor- the surgery is horrible. Finding out about it was horrible. I'm still having a nightmare. I didn't like it. I still don't like it. But once you have to get the surgery, get the surgery. And yes. he was in good spirits. Uh, and he is uh, he's a stud. So uh, nothing much to say other than, like, shout out to him. If it takes nine months, it takes nine months. It takes ten, it takes ten. Uh it's another guy you can't plan your offseason around. Go get a bat. Go get two. Go get three. His lineup stinks. He's arguably the only starter to appear. You know? Like, he, he's the only, like, rookie to actually be, be competent. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been a rough road for the New York Yankees, but we appreciate him all the more uh, now that uh, he's gone and, and best of luck moving forward. Yeah. Sign Harrison Bader. He's going to be available back on the IL. Um, crazy. Crazy how it's all turned out. Uh, yeah, I'm very grateful. They just surgery, did it, no dicking around because Shohei Otani's update came out the other day, ran him out of left field. He got elbow surgery. No details on the surgery. Nothing. You don't know if it was Tommy John. Uh, the doctor said this had the long-term view at the forefront of the surgery, and it's like, Okay, but isn't that Tommy John? Because that's the procedure that every pitcher undergoes when they injure their UCL um, to take into account the long term and the long haul. So I don't know. Seems like something's going on there. Beware, I suppose. And he's going to hit throughout 2024. So, again, I don't know how that works. I don't know how any of this works. I don't know what's going on. I need medical information to make sense of it all. But, yeah, I'm happy that – Jason Dominguez is in uh, this phase of putting this behind him, get it done quickly, rest throughout the offseason, get ready as soon as you can for 2024 because we're going to need you, buddy. Um, And, yeah, message to the Yankees, you're not done. You ain't done there. Just because he's coming back in June or July doesn't mean that that's good enough. 
Because how many times have we gone? We, I, they fooled me last year because I said, you know they what? They fooled me, Jerry. <laughs> they could go into this year with Aaron Hicks as a starting left fielder. They have all stars everywhere else. Apparently, they yeah. didn't. They didn't. And that's life. So they still don't. They still, they don't. still don't. Yes, correct. Lineup is lineup's only getting worse. Uh, we can talk about Sean Casey in a future episode. I'm sure we will. Deeply confusing case. But regardless, how about you go get some better players? Then you don't have to worry about whether the TV host, who is your hitting coach, is doing a good enough job or not. Just get stars, get studs, get fill-ins, get people who can do the job, do what the Blue Jays did, but don't trade your top prospect for an outfielder who can't hit. Don't do that part of what the Blue Jays did. Just Kevin Kiermeyer is available again at the end of the season. That. That makes me go, ooh, ah, as a song once said. Just think about it. Ooh, ah. Just think about it. Uh, that's it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Thanks for joining us. As always, on this Thursday, we're here Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time, all season long, all off season long. When we're off air, we're creating content. You can find it on the website. You're going to find it during ooh. every game. We promise down the stretch, even though the team is borderline eliminated, though the Red Sox got there first. Yes. So pretty funny. Okay. Very funny. They're gone. They have been eliminated from the postseason. Oh, uh, they got eliminated from the postseason before their tragic number even hit zero, which is awesome because the Rangers and Mariners are both nine games up in the loss column on the Red Sox with nine Red Sox games to go. So they can't both lose tonight. They're playing each other. So while the Red Sox won't be eliminated from the postseason until tonight, everybody realized yesterday when the Blue Jays won, hey, actually it's impossible for them to make the playoffs. So that rules they got eliminated one day before actually getting eliminated but we're going to get eliminated in like two days anyway so not going to be funny for more than 48 hours but for now very hilarious if you feel compelled leave us a review we don't want our number to be tragic please raise our magic number closer to five stars if you have the ability i am on twitter still until it's a paid site at adam weiner thomas carinante where can the people find you yeah, where am I going to go? For now, I'm at Tommy's underscore takes, but I guess I'm going to have to go somewhere when they start making me pay. Um, Yanks Go Yard, same thing, at Yanks Go Yard FS, the official Twitter account of Yanks Go Yard. We are both there most of the time, pretty much most of the time. We're having a good time as well. Um, head on over to YanksGoYard.com. Plenty of content there for you. We appreciate you guys tuning in today. We appreciate you guys reading on the site. Keep it up. Only a couple more weeks of this, then we can objectively enjoy some playoff baseball, which I'm very excited for because uh, the Yankees have ruined my viewing experience for um, the last three years, I think. Because, you know, 2018, 2019, we were excited, but 2020 to 2022 was just fully ruined. Um, and uh, then we'll have a lot of offseason stuff for you, which is going to be a blast. Yeah. Uh, we're going to probably be going live during big Big events, big signings, big trades, maybe not even fully relative to the Yankees, just big MLB news, and we'll have some fun tied into a Yankees angle. Um, but, yep, yeah, we appreciate it. Again, that code for Caesars, YGY1000, risk-free. Bet up to 1000 bucks. Football season's here. Pick your favorite team. Drop a 1000 bucks down for fun, and you'll get it back. Good times. We will see you again on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. I don't know what the Yankees are going to do, so just watch some football. Hey, we love football. New York Giants play tonight. Mm -hmm. They might not be very good, but uh, that's okay. Plenty of other teams are. Watch that. Watch some more. Put a hole in your couch. Get ready for the playoffs. <laughs> Yankees won't be in it. <laughs> well, we'll see you all offseason. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Bye, everybody.